Gordon Anderson walked across the stage to accept the diploma from a nursing program. The crowd of students stood and cheered, louder than they had for any other student. But this was different. There was an empty seat in the audience that was occupied by a picture of a smiling young woman. You see, Gordon didn't graduate nursing school. Instead, he was accepting the diploma on behalf of his daughter, who couldn't be there. And this is the story of Haley Anderson. Karen Anderson described her daughter, Haley, as a millennial hippie. Haley had a desire to help people and had a dream of living in a van and traveling. So what better way to combine your passion and your dream than to become a traveling nurse? This dream is what led Haley to Binghamton University in New York, which was about a three and a half hour drive from where she grew up in Westbury, New York. By the beginning of 2018, at just 22 years old, Haley was scheduled to graduate from her nursing program in May. She took school and work seriously. She spent the last three years working for a coffee shop on campus called Jazzman's. And she already had her first nursing job lined up for after graduation, working at an emergency room in Long Island. Haley dated a few people off and on through college, but none of the relationships were ever too serious. Well, at least not to her, they weren't. While at college, she met Kevin O'Compel. And Haley and Kevin, they had this on and off again relationship. And while he could see them being together in the future, she just, she didn't want a relationship that was too serious. She then met Orlando Tequero in one of her classes her freshman year at school. Then they both ended up in the nursing program together, and it wasn't until four years after meeting that they actually became friends when they met again at a party that Kevin was hosting off campus. At the party, Haley recognized Orlando and introduced him to Kevin. The three of them began hanging out together and became close friends, and Kevin even invited Orlando to join his fraternity. The friendship seemed to work out great between the three, until Kevin and Haley split up again. Then. Haley and Orlando's relationship evolved into a romantic relationship, and it was the same set of rules that applied, though. Haley told him that she didn't want a serious relationship, and it wouldn't be long before things started taking a much darker turn. Orlando was kicked out of the fraternity because they didn't like that he started seeing Haley because she was Kevin's ex-girlfriend and getting kicked out of the fraternity devastated Orlando. According to Karen Anderson in a CBS 48 Hours interview, Orlando blamed Haley for getting him kicked out. He would even tell her that he was going to kill himself because of it, which made Haley feel guilty about the situation. Then Orlando started showing up at Haley's house unannounced. Sometimes he would just randomly drop by the house. Other times he would sit on the porch smoking a cigarette. Several times, Haley's roommates dealt with Orlando so that she didn't have to, telling him that he needed to leave. 
One night, in September 2017, Orlando had a party at his house. Someone at the party mentioned to Orlando that Haley and Kevin were dating again. The morning of September 16, 2017, Kevin was leaving Haley's house that morning after spending the night. As he was leaving, they found that all four of Haley's tires on her car were slashed. Now, Haley did file a police report, and she told the officers about the history with Orlando. And Orlando denied that he had anything to do with it. In fact, he blamed Kevin for slashing the tires. And even though there wasn't enough evidence to charge Orlando, Haley decided that even if he did do it, she didn't want to pursue any charges because the damage was over $600, which would have been a felony there, and it would have gotten Orlando kicked out of nursing school. On March 7th, 2018, Haley had some wine with her friends and roommates. They hung out, played games, laughed, and just had a good time together. Then they all went to bed, and the next morning, when the roommates woke up, Haley was gone. Thursday, March 8th, several friends tried to contact Haley by calling and texting her, but they didn't hear anything from her. By Friday, everyone was now realizing that Haley and Orlando were missing. Police even received a call from Orlando's sister asking them to do a well-being check on him. An officer went to Orlando's apartment, knocked on the door, but no one answered. The car that he used wasn't in the driveway, and no one could be seen through the windows of the house. Later that day, Haley's roommates, Josie and Rochella, used the Find My iPhone app to trace Haley's phone, and they traced it back to Orlando's apartment. So her roommates go to Orlando's, just like the police officer earlier, no one answered the door, and it appeared that no one was there. They were able to find a window that would open. Josie lifted Rochella into the window, and while they were inside the apartment, they were met with the horror that they feared they would find. Over the last few years, I've been writing a fictional book called One Moment, and it's now available on Amazon. It's based in St. Augustine, Florida, and it tells the story of Micah and Sarah. After spending six years in the Army, Micah returned to his hometown. Returning home was never part of his plan, but after the physical, emotional, and mental stress from war, home was the best place for him. Sarah is beginning to put her life back together after escaping an abusive marriage. At 24 years old, she's a 911 dispatcher living in St. Augustine. While she is starting to heal, she crosses paths with Micah. Immediately, there is an undeniable connection between the two of them, and they know that they were put in each other's lives for a reason. When Sarah's jealous and abusive ex-husband finds out about the new relationship, he has to get involved himself. While this puts a strain on Sarah and Micah's relationship, dark secrets begin to come out, and they learn that maybe you never truly know someone, and sometimes the best and the worst things in life can all be traced back to one moment. One Moment's available now on Amazon. It's $9.99 for a paperback copy and $2.99 for an ebook. The Amazon link is in the show notes, and if you read it, I really hope you enjoy it, and please let me know what you think of it. Once inside the apartment, Josie and Rochella found Haley's lifeless body. 
She was lying on Orlando's bed with severe bruising around her neck and on her arms. Haley had been strangled to death in Orlando's bed, and Orlando was nowhere to be found. Now, police began the search for Orlando. There were several security cameras on the house that Orlando was living in, and police were able to get the video from these cameras. The video showed that around 3 in the morning on March 8th, Haley and Orlando entered the house, and that was the last time that Haley was seen, because the camera never shows her leaving the house. Seven hours later, the camera showed Orlando leaving, and police were able to track his movements and found out that he went to a CVS, which is a drugstore, and he purchased different types of over-the-counter sleep medicine. He returned home, and then seven hours after that, he's seen on camera again. This time he goes into the basement from outside of the house. There, police believe that he tried to kill himself. There were hooks that were hammered into the ceiling, and there was a tie that they believe he tried to hang himself with, but when the tie broke, he fell and hit his head, which caused a little bit of bleeding. The detectives also found a note that was written in Spanish, but in English it translates to, I'm really sorry about this. I never thought that I would be capable of doing this. And then he wrote, Father, I'll see you soon. And this last part is really important and a big clue because his father died five years prior. So with the multiple sleep aids, the attempt to hang himself and the note, all of that led to the conclusion that he tried to kill himself all while Haley's body laid in his bed. The cameras then showed Orlando putting luggage in his car and then leaving the house. He then drove to JFK Airport in New York. On security cameras there, it shows him walking with his luggage and his head is bandaged. Orlando hopped on a plane and headed to Nicaragua. Now the district attorney's office in New York, they're faced with this task of trying to get authorities in Nicaragua to locate and arrest Orlando. When Orlando landed, his mother picked him up from the airport and drove him three hours away to his hometown. He stayed in his childhood home for a few days. Then his mother took him to the hospital to get medical treatment for a self-inflicted wound, which I'm not sure if this is from the head injury or if he attempted suicide again, but it does make sense that it would be from a new attempt because his head injury didn't seem to be that bad from the small amounts of blood left in the New York home. But... While he was at the hospital, the police located him and placed him under arrest from charges from the U.S. But now they have to get him extradited to the U.S. And that was about to be much more difficult than the district attorney could have imagined. Apparently, a treaty between U.S. and Nicaragua says that each country doesn't have to extradite one of their own citizens to the other country. Well. Orlando had dual citizenship in both countries, which made the extradition process very, very difficult. In fact, authorities from both countries went back and forth on this for over a year. Then, in September 2019, Nicaragua advised the district attorney in New York that they would not extradite Orlando. But they weren't just going to let him walk away either. They agreed to charge him in Nicaragua and let him go on trial there. Now, the district attorney figured that this is over. He's not going to get convicted there, and he was going to end up walking. But at the same time, taking this shot at the trial was the only option that he had, 
because Orlando also wouldn't be coming back to the U.S. While in the U.S. he was charged with murder in the second degree, there he was charged with a crime called femicide. Now, femicide isn't a crime in the U.S., but there it's defined as a murder where the victim was a woman who had a relationship with the defendant. The New York District Attorney's Office started working with prosecutors in Nicaragua, but they only had eight days to prepare for the trial. There also wasn't a jury like you would normally see trials in America. It would be the judge that was deciding the verdict on this trial. And instead of transporting all of the witnesses and family members from New York to Nicaragua, they appeared through a video call. Several witnesses for the prosecution took the stand, including Haley's mother, her roommates, Kevin, even Orlando's roommate, police officers, and the medical examiner that testified that her cause of death was manual strangulation. Then, Orlando's attorney had his time to tell the story, and it would be a very odd one. Do you have trouble sleeping at night that's mostly caused by stress or anxiety? You're not alone. Recently, I started sleeping with a Luna weighted blanket, and at first I was very skeptical of buying one, but it's worked wonders for me, and I sleep so much better with it. A weighted blanket simulates what's called pressure stimulation, a therapeutic technique that's used with massage therapy and support animals to reduce stress and anxiety. If you'd like to try a Luna blanket, the Amazon link is in the show notes. They have all kinds of different sizes and designs, so prices do vary depending on what you want. And as a disclaimer, this is an affiliate link, so I may receive a small commission from Amazon, which will go to help this show out. It's finally time for you to get a good night's sleep. Now, back to the show. Alright, so bear with me through this, please. Orlando's defense attorney claimed that because Orlando was intoxicated from alcohol, he was temporarily insane at the time of Haley's murder, and he should not be held liable for it because he was drunk and he couldn't remember it. The defense attorney called one witness, and only one witness, in this murder trial, which was a psychiatrist to examine Orlando. But the defense attorney is saying that Orlando was insane because he was drunk. At the time of the trial, of course, he's showing up to trial sober. So when the psychiatrist examines him, he's not able to say either way if he was insane or not. And he couldn't testify if he would actually remember the murder or not. The judge called a recess so that she could decide on a verdict. After 90 minutes, she returned to the courtroom. She explained that Orlando was a jealous person. He was very angry that he couldn't control Haley, and she chose someone other than him, so he took her life away. The judge then announced that he was guilty of femicide, and that he was sentenced to 30 years in prison. So Orlando tried fleeing New York to Nicaragua, and it turned out to be an even worse choice for him. In the U.S., he most likely would have received about a 20-year sentence for second-degree murder, rather than 30 for femicide. The prison system is also much, much different. He's in an overcrowded prison, and each day he receives one meal of rice and beans. And here's another thing. If or when he's released, if he ever returns to America, 
he will be placed under arrest for a second-degree murder warrant and put on trial in America. And it's not considered double jeopardy because he was tried on a completely different charge. The biggest thing to come out of this tragedy, though, Haley's mom continues to share her daughter's story. She wants people to notice the patterns and signs of abusive and controlling people. If you have a friend or someone like that in your life, someone that worries you, reach out and talk to them. The domestic abuse hotline phone number and the link to the website will be in the show notes. They have great resources to reach out to. No matter what, be safe. I'm Coy Atkins, and this brings us to a conclusion of this episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Crime Nerds Podcast. Also, please subscribe and leave a review. Thank you for listening.